0: Well, good morning, church. How are you? We are uh, continuing in our new series called New Beginnings, and they're uh, about Genesis stories as we've wrapped up the book of Genesis. And uh, this has really been at the core of who the church is from the very beginnings. I think of the book of Acts early on as Jesus has raised from the dead, and he comes, gathers with his believers, and it says this. When they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but rather you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the very ends of the earth and so here are his disciples saying is it time finally that that you're going to establish your kingdom give it back to the chosen people of Israel and it sounds like Jesus says no but that's not actually the case he's saying yes it is now of course the disciples thought that he was going to miraculously in a short amount of time restore the kingdom to Israel but what Jesus is saying yes I am but I'm doing it in a different way I'm going to empower you and I'm going to send you out to your towns, to your cities, to your counties, into the ends of the earth so that you can be my witnesses. And as they were his witnesses, they were simply doing this, telling stories, telling the stories of where they had seen God at work and how God had been at work through their lives. We see this even more later on in Acts chapter 20, as Paul was traveling from town to town, Oh, it's here. Maybe it's 21. In 21, it says that he arrives at Jerusalem and the brothers uh, received us gladly, he said. On the following day, Paul went in with us to James and all the elders were present. And after greeting them, he related one by one the things that God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry. And when they heard it, they glorified God. And so there they were, the elders gathered and he starts telling stories and not just stories of himself but he started sharing the stories of what God was doing in the lives of the Gentiles. And then we see it again in Colossians chapter 4. As as he is writing to the church at Colossae, Paul is, and he says this, Tychicus will tell you all about my activities. He is a beloved brother and faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord. I have sent him to you for this very purpose that you may know how we are, and that you may be encouraged, uh, that he may encourage your hearts, and with him, Onesimus, our faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you, they will tell you of everything that has taken place here. So Tichicus he sends, he says, I'm sending him for the very purpose of sharing what God is doing in all these churches that we're a part of, and then he says one more, on Onesimus, he's one of you. He's not an apostle. He wasn't one that walked and talked with Jesus. He didn't have some special revelation. In fact, he's just a member of your church. He's somebody from your town. He's somebody that you have maybe known for years. And actually, at that, he was a slave. And he says, I'm sending him back to you even as a slave. He is a brother of yours so that you can hear God's faithfulness through what he is doing in the nations. And so this series of new beginnings... Genesis is, is about origins or, or the formation of things and new beginnings uh, because often God is at work in our lives. Again, we're not really looking at our birth stories, but sometimes our rebirth stories and the way that God is at work forming us into who he wants us to be as we take and follow him into new adventures. And so I want to invite up Deb and Kurt Vanderbogart. If you welcome them. I'll grab a couple of chairs here. <laughs> I'll grab you one real quick. I got there was two with pads, I'll let you guys have those. (laughs) Here you go. Microphone. Well good morning. Good morning. Is the green light on?
1: Good morning. Perfect. Green lights on perfect. Cool.
0: Um, So you guys opened up a a little shop called the Mustard Seed on the corner of Rhododendron and Kingwood earlier this summer. And I say little shop because I'm not quite sure how else to describe it. So tell us, what is the Mustard Seed?
2: So shop is a good word, Um, and we chose shop and we use the old English spelling uh, because shop has the word hope built into it, and the mustard seed is built on the premise of hope, and so it's a community shop. We our tagline is community shop and creative studio. So it's basically an open space where people can drop in, craft, hang out, knit, crochet, read a book. Um, watch there's the prices right. Watch the prices right. Every ten, every of, day every at ten, 10 a.m. on on weekdays. <laughs> um, all the things that just build community with other people, and so it's a place where people can just simply be.
1: Okay, I think I, I would add that it's a safe place. Right. A safe and comfortable place too, where you can go and you can just hang out and, and really feel good about the experience.
0: Yeah, and we've been looking at some pictures up on the overhead and. Ah, you guys did a phenomenal job there, that's for sure. It turned out great. Uh, Tell us about the origin or the genesis of the mustard seed.
2: So the, the, the beginning of the mustard seed looked very different in my head than it turned out, um, which isn't surprising since God was in charge the whole time. But the idea first started about four years ago, um, as one of my friends, longtime friend that I had met when I worked for The Gap, um, we both worked at corporate together and became good friends and we're both believers. We actually ended up in the same um, young adults fellowship, singles fellowship. Um, back in California, that's also where I met Kurt. So it was a really great group of like 800 single people in the Bay Area, and uh, and we had a great time there. And she had gone on and started a shop in Florida, which was her home state, um, that was built after her mission trip to Rwanda, where she learned a lot about human trafficking. And so she wanted to build a shop of hope that would support the efforts to stop human trafficking. And so I had been watching her do this for about a year, and God really started to stir inside me that said, you need to do something else. You you, you need to not be in a corporate job doing other people's stuff, so um, so he really began to stir, and I of course ignored him because that's <laughs> what I do first.
0: That's usually my first instinct, or argue.
2: Exactly. You know, like, well, that comes saying. too. That's that's in the story. So yeah. So I um, I was at this time working for Levi over in Eugene, and I was traveling about 300 days a year in my job, and um, most of it internationally, and we were beginning a process to outsource most of Levi's back office around the world. And so I was spending time around the world, which was great. I loved traveling. I loved my job. But um, as Kurt would say, I'm more of a builder. And this was more of a tear down of what we had built in Eugene. And so it was causing a lot of stress in my life that I didn't actually even see. Kurt actually saw it. Um, it, was,
1: it was just time to make a change The corporate life did its job but it was over
2: and so we were always you know we were both really fortunate that we had great corporate jobs and they they provided for us well and so on a vacation at in the Florida Keys I was having some quiet time on a beautiful balcony looking over the ocean and God simply told me it was time to go and that's when the argument came. And so, um, because I did really like what I was doing, but um, he was very clear. There was really no question at all in my being that that's what I was supposed to do. So I returned to work that Monday and resigned my job. Wow, yeah,
0: that's a big step real quick. Yeah. I mean, Kurt, you're you're watching kind of this inner turmoil from the outside and sometimes (laughs) we get, sometimes, as husbands, we don't notice anything, but sometimes, every now and then, uh, we can see more clearly. So, I mean, what were you sensing in, in
1: Deb at that time? I just, you know, she, I, from a health standpoint, uh, her health wasn't wasn't that great because she was on the road all the time, and she was all over the place. You name it: Hong Kong, Taiwan, um, wherever, Europe, Eastern Europe, and um, I could just see she just she wasn't happy, and. Um, so that was a big alarm, and, and for us, it's really okay. You know, the money's not the deal here. You know, let's let's stop making money the deal. And um, so you take that out of the equation, and your life changes. And I just felt that she needed to do something else. And she had this dream, a little embryo of a dream, which essentially she was listening to God. And uh, I said, "Go! You know, we've got to go for it. I mean, you only live once on this earth, so go for your dream." And um, at the time, it wasn't we didn't have a lot of cash built up or anything, but but we just started on the road to to make that happen.
0: So sensing that dream. now, let's maybe back up a little bit in that corporate life. Sounds like you spent quite a few years, both of you working in that kind of a setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your, uh, let's say, you know, your personal relationship uh, with Jesus and as well as kind of your uh, church community involvement? What did that look like during those years? so it was um i grew up in a christian
2: home so i've been a follower of jesus my whole life um, really coming to know him for my own self and my own faith during my high school years Um, and so i've always been a part of a church i've always been involved in my house you know, my parents were both involved in church. They were on committees. They were on board. You know, they did all of the things that I watched them do. Ooh, committees. Um, I know. Fine exactly (laughs) rule by committee and so yeah so they did all those things and we're always in service Um, and so it was it was sort of just part of who I was to be involved in a church and so wherever we've lived um, you know we've, we've lived in a variety of places the Bay Area we lived in New Mexico for a while and then we moved up here to Oregon and each place we've found a church home Um, and engaged but because we were working full-time in the corporate environment because we both traveled with our jobs we weren't as involved as we could have been perhaps but we just didn't find the time so we gave what time we could but uh, it's nothing like now where we have the time to really give back to the church to our community to to everyone so
0: okay yeah Uh, Kurt, as far as you know, you were a little bit more stateside based during that time, right? Right. Yeah, and so, yeah, you know, what 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 did your life look like during those years? It was just uh, Three, well, I... I'm just thinking of 300 days of travel. That's got to be really
1: difficult on I, I took care of the dogs in the house. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I, was, I was a stay-at-home dad. <laughs> um, but I think that it, you know, the main thing is I, you know, I was working my thing too, and I just had to have an internet connection. So that allowed us to move a few times when she had to move because of her job. In fact, I, I moved. we moved to San Francisco, coming up from, uh, oh, it was Eugene from Albuquerque, and um, my company didn't know I had moved for three months. And they go, you can't move, you don't have permission from your supervisor. I said, well, I've, we've moved, it didn't cost you a cent, and I'm here. And. My job isn't affected, so they said, "Oh, well, okay, okay, you can move." Um, (laughs) Thanks, appreciate it. So yeah, I was just kind of like the stay-at-home dad, I guess.
0: Gotcha, great. Uh, So then you mentioned Janelle. Is that correct? And so four years ago, you're seeing Janelle, um, right? seeing the issue of human trafficking which is a, a massive issue not just yep. overseas but right here in the states we and that's what about people this. don't realize right yeah a, and even right here on highway 101 and i-5 is a major uh human trafficking thoroughfare as it connects canada to mexico and right. 101 in some senses even more so because it's kind of off the beaten path exactly. and so right here in our little town this is an issue so Right.
1: Green
2: trees. So, yeah, and we're, we're getting more and more involved as a shop around the issue um, as well, just to understand better what we can do as community members to help identify and put a stop to human trafficking. So everything from taking pictures of hotel rooms, which I did around the world as I traveled, and posting them to a, a site that allows police enforcement officers to find find out where People are being held against their will by identifying it,
0: that's hotel rooms. Cam. Right. You can download that right now, and you guys get yeah, involved and, today in helping it, stopping human trafficking. Exactly,
2: traffic. it's a great tool, and and not enough people know about it. I don't think to use it, but the the whole issue that Janelle brought to my eyes. Um, revolved around, um, and yes, she started internationally, but the more we learned, the more we found out about the local situation, and the fact that even right here in our town, um, people have been sold um, in Florence, and that's just so hard to imagine, that right here in our neighborhoods, um, people are selling other people, um, and so it's it's not an issue that's going to go away, and Janelle um, uh, not going to go away without a big fight. So. Janelle really opened my eyes to that and we had been friends for so long and I watched her build this incredible shop with all these great artisan goods that all supported and over the course of about five and a half years she raised somewhere like $50,000, close to $50,000 for the cause and there's a Hope House uh, in Florida near her shop that is a recovery center for for trafficked individuals, and so that's what she was mainly supporting through her shop. And I thought, wow, we need to do something around here, not only to tell people about human trafficking, but to support the causes that are important to us. Um, and so, as the mustard seed started to transform, you know. Janelle was doing her shop, and she and I were talking and and keeping in touch. And it was just a real um, connection that, you know, God is great because he makes those connections in your life early. We became friends, you know, in our 20s, and it wasn't until later that we really entrenched on what this issue was and how we could together find ways to combat it. So it's been really an eye-opening, and, you know, just God really always surprises me. And you know by this time, I probably shouldn't always be surprised by him, but I continue to be surprised by him and what he does.
0: Yeah, so it led you to the information. and once you have this awareness that right. something sits uncomfortably inside, should. Uh, probably. Uh, some people talk about how you know you got to watch your anger. I'm like, I don't know. I yeah. think Christians maybe should be a little bit more angry yeah. at times about the right kinds exactly. of things. Let's get angry and do something about it. And so how is the mustard seed able to support that? And I get, where did the name mustard seed come from? So
2: originally, when I first had this dream, I started a blog called um, The Sparkle Shop. And so originally it was going to be called that, which totally makes me laugh now because it just does not out. Yeah. And good, so good move. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm just so, saying. I've hung exactly. out at the Mustard Seed. Yeah. I'm not sure I'd be like, oh, I was just hanging out of the breakfast
2: the other day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so God has a way of showing you better things, right? So we were we were driving in upstate New York, and um, he likes to visit organic food stores whenever we're in a in a new town. And so we found one, and it was called the Mustard Seed. Okay. And as I was sitting in the parking lot while he went in to explore the organic food store, I was like, really? and i started thinking about the mustard seed parable in matthew 17:20 that nothing is impossible with god uh, and you just have to have faith the size of a mustard seed and then he came back out to the car i said i know what the name is and so we started looking up to see if the name had been taken on you know on a website or anything and so We've, we Did found not, out the, origin, the the mustard seed by itself had, but the mustard seed 1720, 1720 hadn't. So we were able to add the scripture at the end, which connects it back to God, and I think that's a much better name.
0: So all the graphic design work that Kurt, you had done on the sparkle shop, you, <laughs> <laughs> you just had to throw that out. You know, yeah, there wasn't that. a lot that's of so
2: sparkle changed. shopping going on. <laughs> all, right.
0: Gotcha. all right, wow, so God's putting pieces together even in your travels. Exactly. And, uh, and so what. Are are you doing on a day-to-day basis you mentioned a lot of things crafting prices right come and hang out i mean right. how do those things fight human trafficking and create awareness about uh, issues in our community right
2: so we have um we have a small amount of retail in our shop and all of our retail has a pay-it-forward purpose so if if it doesn't have a pay-it-forward purpose we won't we won't use it in our shop. So um, so we have some things that support water, clean water around the world. And we have other things that a company who's helping people transition from homelessness by paying a living wage to them as they come out so that they can pay for themselves. Um, and we have another uh, place that is making leathers out of Ethiopia, women who are escaping bad situations, they've become heads of households, they have kids, and they're defining themselves now by making leathers um, and they're they're beautiful, beautiful leathers. And then that same company has a jewelry factory in Tennessee where women coming out of domestic violence or traffic or what have you situations can work and make a living wage and support themselves and get themselves out of the pattern of abuse or neglect or whatever they've been through. So all of our retail supports that. Um, in addition, we're starting to partner with a group over in uh, Eugene Springfield called Hope Ranch, which also supports yeah. the recovery efforts of of people escaping a trafficked life. And so we just, we're going to do some uh, education things here in the fall around how to identify um, we also have partnered with a group out of Vancouver, Washington called Shared Hope, and they have just published a whole internet um, caution booklet on how to keep kids away from the internet trafficking issues. The internet is a plethora of bad stuff when it comes to trafficking, and so they even yeah. had a girl recently, right, yeah, who... Yes, who 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 pretended to be from Shared Hope pretended to be a 15-year-old girl, and within 10 minutes of posting her profile on one of the social media sites, she had she had pornographic pictures sent to her from some guy, and so they the method of using the internet to get the confidence and the the camaraderie with young women or even guys yeah, um, is
0: huge it's, and it's it's and they beyond this hope of traveling and exactly making lots of money and seeing the world. And it's
2: gonna be and, so great and yeah. life is so much better in that vulnerable stage of being a middle school, high schooler it's just it's prime turf for yes, them. and
0: it's for guys as much as, well as, as girls growth. I mean the really is. the numbers are are staggering you'd make assumptions that uh, females would be at much higher target a right. higher target but uh so guys we didn't well. we didn't
2: make the mustard seed a 501c3 because we wanted more control over what we did with the funds and so we our purpose is to pay for the expenses of the building but to give everything else away and so we're a membership based place where you can be a member for a day or you can be a member for a longer Period, but that all of that is—it's going to keep the lights on. But then it's all going to go somewhere else, and and that's the whole idea behind the mustard seed: is to be a place of hope that builds community and gives back in the name of Jesus.
0: Yeah. So, boy, in the process, Kurt, I think I—we talked, and I remember standing in the building when it was rubble, and uh, and you had some major obstacles to overcome. Talk to us a little bit about that, and then God's faithfulness. Uh, through the creation of uh, the
1: structure that's mustard seed. The mustard seed used to be a, a theater, right? And before that, it was a Christian science reading room for you guys that have been in, in town for a while. And one of the things we did was we, we had to fill in where the theater was at an angle, very similar to what we see here in church. We had to fill that in and make a level floor. Well, when we did that, the ceiling is only eight feet high, which thought, no, it's too claustrophobic here. We've got to bring the beams up. We've got to raise the ceiling up and you know make a peak. And I went in, I looked in the attic, and there was this thing called vermiculite, right? And vermiculite happens to be asbestos-laden. In fact, it's the worst out of six asbestoses. It's the worst asbestos that you can have around. It's fine if you leave it like it is, but as soon as you move that, it's really very dangerous, right? Because this little, very, very, very tiny um, thing gets into your lungs, right? So the bottom line is the first thing we had to do is we had to uh, call in a company to remove all the vermiculite in the attic, everything, so we could raise up the ceiling. And that was like $16,000. We didn't expect Ooh. that right away, right? Um, so we just kept, you know, we just kind of just kept on plodding along, knowing that okay, this is just a little bump in the road, let's keep on going. That type of stuff. Yeah. Now
0: Bonus, it's absolutely gorgeous, the vaulted ceilings and all that. Exactly. So, I'm sorry, you had to pay $16,000 to me to look at that ceiling, but... Uh, it was more than that. That was just <laughs> That was just the <laughs> yeah, I, I bet. I bet uh, yeah. the expenses that go with it uh, are huge. Uh, so what's God showing you now? I mean, you're open, and uh, pretty much your construction's done. You're going to do some uh-huh. outdoor landscaping and other things, but uh, what is God in your heart now. He moved you to this, and now you're kind of in the dream. Um, and where is he at work in your hearts now? Um, he has to calm me down a lot. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. You
2: know, it's a, it's a, it's about trust and about not letting you know Satan tell me that it's not right. The whole thing was a joke. It's about uh, staying the course. Um, you know, keeping faith for things you can't see. Um, he's been great though in that he has, every time I get super discouraged because no one shows up to craft or no one comes by, um, he brings someone by um, or he does something to remind me that he's in charge. <laughs> so awesome. um, it's, but it's, it's a am used to having a lot of people around. So it's a challenge for me when there's no one there, um, but I also have seen it at its moment when generations are there crafting together or making cupcakes or you misu. know and yeah and uh, we've had some great times there well, already. I'm sorry. What was that?
1: <laughs> we had a, we had, we have a person come in. She's her name is Midori. Midori is from Japan and she lives very close to the Mustard Sea, but she's taught two classes right now. One of the classes was misu misu, like misu soup, right? It's a fermented kind of sauce you can put in soup and everything. And I can remember, I I wanted to learn how to do this because I have taken Japanese before. I said, I wanna take that class, you know? So I signed up for the class and there were eight people there, basically with a spoon, you know, forcing rice in a mason jar, pounding it down so all the air bubbles can be removed. Yeah, yeah, soybeans. Soybeans, yeah, sorry. You can make it out of soybeans, rice, or barley, right? This was soybeans, all right. And uh, I just remember everybody laughing with their spoons trying to put this down and get all the air bubbles out of their mason jar and everything. Everybody was laughing and everything. And I thought, this is it. Yep. This is what the mustard seed is supposed to do. And it was just, a, it was just a really a, a high note on my thing. It's like, wow, it's been realized. The dream's starting to be realized. It was just a really cool thing. Just shared experience. Shared experience. Me, exactly. Common
0: threads. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you were to share, I guess, some parting thoughts with 150 people about, you know, what God has been showing you in this—really a new beginning. I mean, mm-hmm. four years ago, and that was one of the questions I asked. I was super curious, actually. Uh, you know, did this story start six months after you retired, or did it start 25 years ago? Now, you kind of shared that there are some things right. that were natural built inside you that while the major part of the story started four years ago, there was a lot more history. But you can to see,
2: everything. right, you can see all the way back, all the footsteps. Janelle and I used to laugh, we would never open a retail shop. Because we'd worked in retail our whole lives and we were like never gonna happen. And you know, we should do a doing that. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> the all the things we would do in retirement were not opening a retail shop. Both of us have had a retail shop. It's been um, all of those steps, and I'm I'm a I'm a journaler, and I'm a I'm a person who kind of keeps track of things that God does in my life, so that I can look back on them and remember. Um, and so when I look at the story of the mustard seed and how it evolved over time, and you know, I met Janelle in 1989.
1: Hmm.
2: I mean that. I had no idea you know, the, what would be happening in 2019 so it's, just, it's been a real God story and, and it's a great one to tell because it does bring hope and it's what God does with life and that's, that's the thing. We have moments in time that we think are insignificant and that we think don't add up to the total story. But he knows differently. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I would say though, it, it wasn't four years ago, it wasn't nineteen eighty nine, it was more than a million years ago. Mm. Yeah, and absolutely. God, was ordained totally God yeah. knew. Uh, Ephesians two ten, we talked exactly. about through our dream giver series. We are
0: God's workmanship created in Jesus absolutely. to do good works, which he prepared in advance. Millions of years ago he was yep. seeing these things come together and you shoving Barley or whatever it <laughs> should know, finally saw uh, it right. come to fruition. So yeah. that's yeah. awesome. Um, let me pray for you guys and, awesome. and what thank you're doing you. there, and uh, we'll continue in our time. Lord, I thank you for uh, Kurt and Deb. I thank you for opening their ears to see you at work, to hear um, the stirrings in their hearts and their souls, uh, to follow you into a new venture, into uh, something that has Cost them. Um, I drive by every day. I see their cars there. I know it's cost them time, cost them money. Uh, in order to bring your kingdom come to this town of Florence, Lord, I just ask that you would continue to be at work, that you'd build relationships uh, through the mustard seed, uh, that you would allow your gospel to be preached loudly, even uh, if, if a word isn't spoken out loud, God, that their lives and, and um, And their mission is all about pointing people to you. I thank you for that and trust you for uh, so many stories more to come from uh, the investment that they make in your kingdom and in this town. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, well, thank you so much for coming and sharing with us.
1: That's fine, just leave it. Yeah, that's fine.
0: The band's going to come back up and we're going to jump into our communion time. And, And this communion time is all about our new beginnings.